Do you struggle to find your voice in a noisy world? Do you feel your voice lacks confidence and energy to accurately communicate your thoughts, ideas, and passions? Do you wish there was an easy way to give your voice what it needs to captivate your audience every time? My name is Clay Collins, and like you, I struggled with these issues for years. But I found a blueprint that can help you change the way you think about your voice and therefore the way your voice comes across to others. Welcome to the My Voice Mentor Podcast. Have you ever wanted to learn how to do vocal runs, vocal riffs, articulations, all that kind of stuff? Have you ever heard somebody go, oh, oh, and you're just like, how do they do that? Well, today's going to be a super fun episode. Try to get somewhere where you can do a little bit of vocalizing because I'm going to show you some things today that might just absolutely blow your mind. I know it blew my mind when I first learned it. But before we get into all that, do you want to improve your voice? I tell you what, the more people that go through my vocal boot camp come back and tell me how much it has made a difference in their singing. And I want it to make a difference in your singing. But guess what? It's not just singers. It's also public speakers. Also improving their range, their power, their presence, just by going through my free five-day vocal boot camp. Just go to myvoicementor.com forward slash bootcamp to get started or click on the link in the description. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and the bell notification if you'd like to be informed of future episodes. Now, it seems kind of funny that I'm talking about vocal riffs because it seemed for a while that I was down on them. And here's the thing, they can be overdone. And unfortunately, a lot of singers do over overspend that particular card or overplay that particular card. But in the right place and in the right context, a vocal run is absolutely not only appropriate, but can be really, really awesome. The first thing to remember with any kind of vocal run is that it has to stay true to form. It has to be consistent with the style that you're going for. And most importantly, it has to be authentic. It has to be an authentic sounding run. In other words, it can't sound like you're just somebody trying to be one of those kind of singers. It has to be genuine. So how do we practice running? Do we just go, oh, no, no. You will never learn how to run by running. You will never learn how to run by running. Do babies learn how to run by running? Nope. And neither do you. You can't run to run. Nope. In order to run, you know the answer to that. You have to walk. And before you walk, you have to crawl. And before you crawl, you have to lift your body off the ground. So depending on where you are in that process, we're going to be breaking this down into very, very basic bite-sized nuggets. Because you'll never get where you want to be in those type of articulations unless you break them down and you let that cognitive left side of your brain do some work. And eventually, over time, the right brain will kick in and you'll be able to get some runs going. The good news is anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. It's not one of those things that some people know how to do and other people don't. Anyone, whether they realize it or not, anyone who got good at vocal runs practiced in a very methodical way. You don't just come out of the gate doing that kind of stuff. It takes very disciplined, hard work. But I'm going to show you the blueprint today. 
So before we go into a specific exercise that I'm going to show you today, let's talk a little bit about what's actually happening when we're running properly. A lot of people try to do it and they're using the wrong muscles. They're using the wrong part of their body. So it doesn't sound right. And the example of this would be like a classical singer trying to do a run going, and it's never going to work. That doesn't work. You're using the wrong muscle. You're using your abdomen and the abdomen can't get you where you want to go in that case. It's got its place, but that isn't it. And you also can't get there by just sliding your voice around. It ain't going to work. It isn't going to work. You just, if, if you try to listen to somebody else making that sound, you copy them, you can't do it. The first thing you need to know is you have to slow it down. Got to slow it down. Do you remember your first day of piano lessons? How many of you guys took piano? You didn't start out playing like Beethoven. No, you had to do your Mary Had Little Lambs and your Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars and you had to do them really, really slow. And if any of you guys out there remember like the Hannon exercises, you started those really, really slow and then you sped up and eventually you're going like ridiculously fast but it took you some time to get there. But here's the good news. I've got what I believe to be the funnest, most pleasing, most amazing exercise to begin giving you the blueprint for vocal runs. It's coming. But before I talk about that, let me talk about the muscle that we actually need to exercise. I'm pointing to it. It's called the glottis. And in a sense, what it does is it moves the voice around. If you ever slide your voice up and down, you're moving the glottis. Ah, That's the glottis. It's the part up here that moves the voice. And that's the first thing that you need to realize. The glottis moves the pitch. No other part of your body moves the pitch. Not pushing down on your belly, not running around in a circle. The glottis is the only thing that moves the pitch around. So that's the first thing that we we need to understand. The second thing we need to understand is that in order to articulate a run, we have to practice quick movements of the glottis. In other words, we got to be able to transition from one note to the next note pretty quickly. So in other words, if I hit, this is a D flat. If I want to go from a D flat to a, E flat. If I were to just make that sound, it might sound like this. And that's perfectly fine. But for runs, that's not going to work because if I am gliding that way, my run will sound like. And maybe that might be okay. If it's a slower type of melodical structure, but when we want, but a run is fast. Oh, right. So we have to practice quick motions between each of those notes. And we're not going to be able to just hit those notes. We got to practice two of them. So we're going to focus on that note and that note. We're going to give those arbitrary numbers for now. I'll tell you why later. But we're going to say that that's five and that's six. And we're going to go. Ah, 
and we're simply going to practice quickly and consistently shifting from the first note to the second note back to the first note. If that's too high for you guys, I'll put you on a one. We'll do one and two. Uh, you notice I'm not doing any additional pushing on the abdomen. I'm just focusing my energy right there. Now, that's the basics. But believe it or not, we're really not even there yet. We're going to go even easier. Because in order to be able to run, you've got to know the scale. Yes, it's a scale. Every time somebody does a vocal run, it's done essentially the exact same way. There's one scale. Now, you might do that scale in different keys, but it's the same scale. And that scale is called the pentatonic scale. Probably for the singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, the most important scale by far. If you're a songwriter, you need to learn the pentatonic scale. If you're a singer, you need to learn the pentatonic scale. If you want to learn how to run or riff, you need to learn the pentatonic scale. In fact, the term pentatonics means riffing on the pentatonic scale. That's how we get that name, and that's where the group got their name. So we need to learn the notes of the pentatonic scale, which is what we're going to do right now. The numbers are, say them with me, one, two, three, five, six, one. That's it. That's it. You got a one on the bottom and a one on the top. The one, the two, the three, the five, and the six make up the pentatonic scale. And so, if you might have guessed, the notes come from the major scale, which is we've heard it a thousand times. Do a deer, a female deer, ray a drop of golden sun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. That's the major scale. The pentatonic scale is that minus two. One, two, three, five, six, one. One, two, three, five, six. That's the pentatonic scale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. Major. One, two, three, five, six, one. All right, you start to get the idea of how this works. And so if you don't know where to skip, you'll never learn how to run. So I've got an easy exercise to work on with you. For now, if you just want to listen and get the hang of it, great. But as soon as you're able to get some time aside, try doing this with me. We're going to build what's called a pentatonic pyramid. And we're going to go nice and slow. You're just going to repeat after me. And we're going to do this together. Here we go. Repeat after me. One. One, two, one. Don't make this special. Don't try to riff or run. Just say the numbers as basic as you can. One, two, one. One, two, three, two, one. One, two, three, five, three, two, one. Now we're going to add the six. One, two, three, five, six, five, three, two, one. It's getting harder. Good. Now we're going to go all the way up to the one. 
One, two, three, five, six, one, six, five, three, two, one. How'd you do? You might have found that it was a little easier to go up and then the numbers fell apart when you came down. It's important that we not only sing the note, but we say the number. We've got to start drawing those gaps in our mind between the six and the one and the three and the five. Unlike a keyboard player that has notes in front of them to actually see those visible gaps, we have to draw them in our mind, make a mental picture of them. And that's where the numbers come into play. So again, we're going to try this again. We're going to we're going to do this. This is a root pyramid. We're starting on the one and we're ending on the one. That's our root, okay? The one is our root. So we're going to try it again. Repeat after me. One. One, two, one. One, two, three, two, one. One, two, three, five, three, two, one. One, two, three, five, six, five, three, two, one. Last one. One, two, three, five, six, one, six, five, three, two, one. Brilliant. Okay, how'd you do? Holding it together? Okay. Now here's where things get interesting. We're going to do the exact same thing, except instead of starting on the one and ending on the one, we're going to start on the two. We're going to end on the two. Yeah, and this is where things get a little neat. Two. Two, three, two. Two, three, five, three, two. Two, three, five, six, five, three, two. Two, three, five, six, one, six, five, three, two. Two, three, five, six, one, two, one, six, five, three, two. How'd you do on that one? A little harder, right? But maybe something just got ignited in you and you're like, that sounded like a song. <laughs> it did sound like a song because that's what every good song used to make their melody. Are you getting it? If you learn the pentatonic scale, you can write music. You can write melodies that are gorgeous. All I did is just ran up and down the scale and it sounded amazing. The great thing about the pentatonic scale is you cannot write bad melodies if you use the pentatonic scale. This is the secret that songwriters don't want you to find out because then they'll realize that you can be just as good as them at writing melodies. But for now, let's just do the exercise again. All right, here we go. Repeat after me. Two. Two, three, two. Two, three, five, three, two. Two, three, five, six, five, three, two. 
All right. Isn't that awesome? And what's great is with the pentatonic scale, there are literally five positions we can start with, and each of them has a slightly different color. We call these modes. We can take different modes with that scale to get different colors and textures which really with just that information alone, we could actually start writing some pretty amazing melodies. You have an old poem that you wrote that you're like, I would love to write lyrics to that. Well, guess what? Now you have the blueprint to do it. So you thought you were gonna learn how to do a vocal riff, but actually you've learned something much more. The pentatonic scale is basically the best gift to songwriters and singers that there is. You can do anything with it. You can literally write the phone book. I was outside blowing bubbles with my four-year-old. Then six years later, she got older and now she wants makeup and earrings and things like that. I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go. This is so fun. This is so fun. Seriously, this is the best thing that you can do. Now, I have a whole course dealing with this scale. And if you want to find out more about that, go to myvoicementor.com and become a member. But in the meantime, play this episode back and see what you can come up with with the pentatonic scale. I guarantee it. It not only leads to cool articulations with your voice, but also great melodies as well. Well, I hope I've given you some good things to think about. Man, I really enjoyed today's episode. This is literally one of my favorite exercises ever. I could do it all day. In fact, on those days when I, me and the vocal student were bored, we just sit and do pentatonic exercises. They're so much fun. You need to incorporate them into your everyday warm-up. Absolutely. In the meantime, it's so good to see you guys. Don't forget to review and rate wherever you listen. I look forward to seeing you in coming episodes. In the meantime, have a great week and keep investing in your voice.